written word and the spoken word. God, help us to hear your living word, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have long been fascinated by cemeteries, and particularly by those that are filled with diverse grave markers. These stones tell us a story, one that either the deceased or their family wanted all of us to know. And even markers with just dates tell us a story. They tell us about long, full lives, as well as lives cut all too short. They tell us if we know a bit about history, about what was happening during the course of that person's life. There are some grave markers that tell a fuller, more individual story, though. I remember fondly a gravestone in a small cemetery in Swanee, Tennessee, where I went to undergrad. It simply read, here lies the best darn moonshiner that ever lived. Then on the reverse of the stone is engraved a picture of Mr. Garner making moonshine. Apparently, this is his lasting legacy. A gravestone belonging to Sergeant Leonard Metlovich does not bear his name, but rather reads, a gay Vietnam veteran. Below, it tells a story. When I was in the military, they gave me a medal for killing two men and a discharge for loving one. This stone tells of a man in the Air Force coming out and being discharged from military service, and it is actually nearby in the Congressional Cemetery. A Utah woman, Catherine Andrews, asked her family to include her fudge recipe on her tombstone. This memorial gained internet fame, and the Today Show even tried out the recipe. This is quite a sweet way to be remembered. If our lives were summed up in one sentence, what would it be? How might our lives be defined by those who love us, or even by those who dislike us? Today in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus speaks of the reception that both he and John the Baptist received. John did not eat or drink, and people said he was filled with a demon. Jesus did eat and drink, and was called a glutton and a drunkard, criticized for the company he kept. At times I hear this as com comical. You really can't win. No matter what you do, someone will have something negative to say. Then, when I think a little deeper about this characterization, I'm encouraged. He dined with sinners. Why does this have to be a negative understanding of Jesus' ministry? Simplified, sure, but negative, maybe not. I can imagine a beautiful gravestone reading, A Friend of Sinners. I love to imagine Jesus eating with his friends. It was a motley, motley crew, to be sure. They wouldn't have sat at a table as we do. Likely, they were reclined on the floor, relaxing and eating together. 
Can you imagine yourself there? Lounged on cushions, sharing stories, leisurely eating and drinking together after an evening of work, candlelight shining on everyone's faces, and darkness covers the world beyond the home where you are gathered. That was Jesus, relaxed in the company of sinners, sharing food and fellowship with imperfect people. What was said originally as a negative characterization is actually deeply good news. Jesus goes through life with imperfect humans like me and like each of you. We are all imperfect people who make mistakes and go astray. And Jesus is along for the whole ride. Drunkard and glutton are likely inaccurate depictions of Jesus. A friend of sinners is much more accurate, and it's not nearly the insult that people might have thought. Jesus is a friend of God's people, imperfect as we may be. Jesus is a sibling to God's beautiful children in all their diversity in all their victories and in all their troubles. There is no one too flawed to join Jesus at the table. Thanks be to God. It is to this same collection of incredibly human folks that Jesus offers his yoke, his way of life. I like this verse best in the King James Version. That's a rarity for me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Nothing sets my soul at rest quite like knowing that Jesus welcomes me at his table the person I am, the most authentic and messy me, is welcome with Jesus. Jesus sits alongside me when I am at my best, and when that best is simply a far away dream. Come unto Jesus, all ye that labor for perfection. Come unto Jesus, all ye that are heavy laden and worn down by the weight of the world. Come unto Jesus, all ye who are deeply aware of your beauty and of your flaws. Come unto Jesus, all ye. Jesus will give you rest. Jesus invites you to recline and relax, to fellowship and to tell stories, to tell of your joys and tell of your troubles. Jesus is a friend to all and invites us to share in his life. Jesus invites us to be yoked to him, to be bound to him in all of our labors. Jesus is meek and lowly, kind, gentle, humble, 
Jesus invites our souls to rest. Breathe in that rest. Really, right now, take in a huge deep breath of that rest and let out a sigh of relief. We are exactly enough for Jesus. For you who have been told that you are too much, keep being you and know that you are exactly enough. For you who have been told that you are not enough, you are all that you need to be. And God says you are exactly enough. Breathe in that love. Sigh out and let your soul rest. Jesus is a friend to all. He is a friend to the beautiful you. Will you do one more thing with me this morning? I invite you to turn to page 131 in the Book of Common Prayer. It's page 131. It's okay if you don't make it there. This is right in the middle of Compline, and Compline is the service of the daily office that is intended for the close of the day, the last thing that we do. One of the scripture selections there is the closing line from our gospel today. And now, if you flip a couple pages to 133, this is one of my favorite prayers. Be present, O merciful God, and protect us through the hours of this night or of this day, so that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of this life may rest in your eternal changelessness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. When we are wearied by the world, we can rest in our eternal God, in God's Son, the friend of sinners, and the Holy Spirit who grants our souls a deep rest. I have prayed Compline, those very prayers before you today with some motley crews who probably weren't all that different from Jesus' own gatherings. Because of that, these messages of acceptance and rest weave together in my spirituality. I pray that we can all relax in the company of Jesus and of one another. I pray that we would be deserving of an epitaph reading friend of all, friend of imperfect and normal creatures of this world. I pray that we may share the yoke of Jesus, that we may continue to learn about Jesus and through Jesus. And I pray that our earthly lives and our lives beyond, we will find rest for our souls. Amen.